Hello, hello, and welcome to another gallivanting edition of Podcast Dark Elevation, your favorite wrestling podcast, because it's the only one willing to dive into the stuff that nobody else wants to. That is AEW's Dark and then Dark Elevation programming. I, I change up my explanation for that podcast every single week so that we don't pigeonhole ourselves into exactly what this is about. But we still get pretty much the regular idea of what we're talking about here. Anyway, I am your host, Dirk Elevation. We have some fun ones this week. I know I try to talk them up every week, say, hey, we got some good stuff, we got some fun ones. Nope, this is, this is some high-quality stuff that we have here on on this week's dark and this week's dark elevation uh, hopefully we uh, obviously audio is sort of a, a a sisyphean labor for this podcast at this point every time i get something improved a little bit something else doesn't work as well changing computers changing microphones but one thing that's not going to change is that i love talking to you people and i hope that you're listening right now we've been getting good numbers recently so tell that to anchor who two months ago said they were going to give me ads and they still have not given me an ad anyway we start off with dark elevation number 95 this was at the freeman coliseum in san antonio tejas usa we got Matt Menard and Paul White on commentary. This is from last week's Dynamite. Um, Matt Menard seemingly missing from the first match. I don't know if he was getting something in catering. I don't know if Jericho called some type of uh, all hands meeting for the for the for the JAS. It's it's hard to say for certain, but it it seemed. The beginning of the show is like, what is going on here? We're getting just sort of like every once in a while we hear some 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 little bits of commentary by Paul White. Like the first match, it felt like Paul White was like Jim Nance doing the Masters or something like that, just very quiet. Oh, oh, that's a great putt by Nyla. I don't know what they say in the match. I assume that's most of what they say at the Masters is this is a great putt. And then they talk about how beautiful the course is without talking about the history of it. Anyway, Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose, they defeat Charisma and Leva Bates. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod. Uh, Leva Bates has some banging music. I, uh, I'm i very impressed by by the music that she has. They, it's, it's, and, and it's great for someone like Charisma. Because then Charisma gets to do have a real entrance to the ring, because she's teaming with Leva Bates, and they're like, "Hey, why don't we why don't we give you a chance to walk down to the ring, groove out to this funky Mikey Ruckus tune? I assume it's a Mikey Ruckus tune. Um, not much to say here. Haven't don't have much thoughts of Charisma yet. Maybe maybe in the future, I will. She doesn't have a she doesn't appear to have a cage match. Page. Um, 
Weaver Bates uh, continues. This this is pretty much what she's good for in terms of giving people a chance to walk down to the ring to music. Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir teased some some uneasiness later on in this episode in a backstage segment referring to the loss at All Out. Uh, and it's unclear exactly why that would be Marina or Vicky's fault, or I guess they were mad at her for losing it. Maybe they think that that title was their meal ticket. Either way, it seems like we are forecasting some dissension there. I think that it's fair to say that it's about time for that to happen. I don't think we're getting a ton. Some Something's got to give there, I think. I Personally, if it was me, I would, I would drop Vicky. I, I don't know what she's doing for the three of them. Um, maybe there's an instance where they drop Nyla. I think the the least interesting of the three would be if they dropped Marina. But I don't but I don't think that seems to be the way the story's going because it seems to be mostly an argument between Vicky and Nyla. So something's going to give between the two of them. I it, it, we're getting something and and that's good. I think that's all all you can say sometimes is that we're building towards something. It 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 does it does kind of stink that it does it doesn't seem like we're gonna get anything like a women's tag tournament or something like that. That would be if if we had a women's tag tournament that we were gonna get that would be ideal in terms of then having a chance to have them blow it off in the middle of that maybe they look very dominant for the beginning of the tournament but they end up falling apart that that's that's one option uh next up we have Julia Hart with Brody King defeats Promise Braxton in 1 minute and 11 seconds Promise Braxton obviously uh the daughter of Tony uh or maybe Tamara Braxton um and unlike uh while Tony oh ready ready hold on hold on I'm going to set this up while Tony Braxton said unbreak my heart promise Braxton said heart unbreak me because Julia Hart beat her bad and it looked good it looked cool Julia is on one. I still need to see Julia do something a little bit more. Just something with a little bit more uh, back and forth before I'm ready to crown Julia as as the new whatever she may be. But she's her minute-long squashes have been fun to watch. It is a lot of her just like letting her opponent beat themselves, and then she puts on a, a brutal submission move to finish it. So uh, you have to like that. House of Black, generally, as we've stated before, generally they're feuding with a bunch of nerds who 
don't know how to talk to girls. So there's never anybody for Julia to fight. However, it seems like right now they are feuding with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. It's unclear whether they're insinuating that Ortiz is going to turn on Kingston or if they're saying that um, maybe that Santana is coming. I don't. I have to assume that Santana is going to be out for longer than that. I feel like he broke his leg or something. But maybe I don't know anything. Um, and maybe they'll have Santana come back in a in a sort of. He'll just be there. He won't really be fighting. He'll just be there for the fake out and to freak out Ortiz and and uh, and Kingston. Point being. They they have an LAX friend in Diamante who is around, and maybe we get a Diamante versus Julia Hart feud that I think would be great because I it, first of all it would be fun to to see Diamante get on TV more. She was on Grand Slam, but it's not a common thing for her. I don't think Di- I think Diamante is strong enough that it. It doesn't. She's not necessarily hurt by this law by losing to Julia Hart because she's not that far up the card as she is right now. But it would be a, a quality win for Julia Hart, and I think she would give her a chance to really. I think, I think we would see Diamante take Julia Hart off her feet a few times, and and throw some suplexes in there, and and it would give us a chance to really see what we've got in store for. Julia Hart, what what she can do with this with this House of Black character. We have the Bunny with Penelope Ford defeating Madison Rain in three minutes. Yep, it's another it's Ladies' Night on Dark Elevation, and the feeling is right, and the right person won this match. The Bunny wins. They're beating up on Madison Rain after the match. Perfectly competent match. Uh, it, it required Penelope Ford's interference for Madison Rain to lose. Uh, at the end, they're beating up Madison Rain. Sky Blue comes out for the save. I think Sky Blue and Madison Rain working together as like a teacher and student relationship is fun. I think that that the that as long as it's not like something that takes time on TV away from I think more dynamic performers I think this is a fine way to build them both up to ha- to give them both a presence and I think them feuding with the bunny and Penelope Ford will be good for them and it'll give Penelope Ford and the bunny something to to do I think that's yeah that's That'll be good. I think you could probably say that this is the lower card version of Ruby and Willow versus uh, TJ Tiedereye. But, hey, there's only so many stories you can do. And and they're not – they're dissimilar enough, I think, because of the teacher-student part of it, because of the fact that I think the Bunny and Penelope Ford – are not in any threat of losing. It's 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 good. Uh, then we have uh, Kanosuke Takeshita defeats Frank E. Kazarian in five minutes and one second. 
this was fun. This is really the type of good stuff that you hope to see on Dark. A lot of people noted the type of pop that Takeshita got when he when he was coming to the ring. I think Takeshita and Kazarian feels like a match that could have been a television match if they wanted to. So this is a television quality uh, standoff that you get here on on Dark Elevation. Um, I like the idea of Takeshita and Kazarian either running this back or creating some kind of an alliance. Uh, I yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know whatever happened to the Don Callis thing. It seemed like Don Callis was scouting Takeshita for a while. It, it's it's certainly a hard thing to do unless you want to. Because Don Callis is not going to turn on Takeshita if he if he does not get the words that he wants to hear. He needs some manpower to enforce his will on Takeshita. And the, theoretically, that's the elite, but the elite are working face right now. Uh, unless Frankie Kazarian's bringing back the elite hunter so that uh, him and Takeshita can take on the Bucks. I don't think that's going to happen. But point being, this was a good match. I, if, if you're going to seek out this episode, I would say that is one of the things that you would want to seek it out for because it's it's good stuff um ruby soho and willow nightingale defeat maddie ronkowski and vert vixen in four minutes and 47 seconds so again sticking with good quality because ronkowski and and vert vixen are not signed talents but they've both gotten enough show that you know they, they didn't feel like complete Stooges here and and Ruby Soho, I think more than anything is great at selling. So you you have her get ragdolled around a bit. I think I think otherwise why why even have this tag team match to begin with? So Vert Vixen got to look cool a few times. Maddie Winkowski is is coming along. I think I think Vert Vixen just because of her size and look uh, and and quickness. I think has a little bit of an advantage in terms of who I would like to see as a as a regular appearance in in the uh, brand, uh, and that's not I'm not going after Maddie or Rinkowski uh, for any sort of uh, you know I I have I have Polish family. Old Old Dirk is a, is a is a quarter Polish, so this is not anti-Polish uh, against Rinkowski, which is I, I assume is a, is a Polish name. I did not. I there are certain last names that when you see them, you just got to mention. I didn't mention Frankie Kazarian being Armenian in this episode, so I, I'm improving on this. But when I see ski last names and I say see Ian last names, I have to in my head go, oh, Polish, Armenian. And it's it's not very healthy. It's it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't mean very much. But I do it. Um. And I'm in, I'm excited for uh, for Taijai TJ versus uh, Ruby Soho Willow Nightingale. Uh, the Mark Order podcast on Twitter. Shout out they, we were mutual followers of each other. I'm going to shout them out right now. The Mark Order podcast suggested uh, that we call 
uh, Ruby Soho and uh, Willow Nightingale uh, Wilho, which to me, I and I said this to them, it sounds like a gentrifying neighborhood, Wilho. Uh, so I was trying to think about other things that we could call them, and what I decided on is I think that uh, Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho should be called the Funaways. I, th- I, it's a little bit of a thinker, but it, but I think it would be good. Um, and I wonder, I, I don't know if I would like this or not, but I mentioned before that there are some parallels between Bunny Ford, uh, Rain and Blue, and and Soho and Willow. I wonder if leading up to the new year, we, we all remember the great match last year, or this year, I suppose, the beginning of 2022, although it was probably technically filmed in 2021. The point is, Ty Jai TJ and the Bunny Ford had that street fight match that was very good and very fun. And how do you up, up that if you were going to do something similar this year? Well, what if during the match on Dynamite this week, there is a run-in by the Bunny and Ford who actually help out Tai Jai Tay and they form some kind of blonde alliance. And now we have an eight-person street fight of some sort between Ruby, Willow, Sky Blue, and Madison Rain against the the blonde alliance, as I just named. I well, I hope Madison Rain realizes her true colors and I don't mean her blonde hair and sticks with the team here but something to think about because I on one hand I I don't want to see it just like sort of ping pong back and forth because even though the the street fight was a great culmination of that feud it did get a little bit repetitive over the course of that feud so my hope is to not have a similar situation. But on the other hand, I also don't see... Willow has already beaten Anna Jay. Ruby has already beaten uh, Ty Mello. Uh, so it, it would be a pretty decisive win for Ruby and Willow to come out and and win... The, like when go three for three sweep that sort of series um so that is what leads me to wait, believe that ty j tajai that's a more fun way to ty j tajai is going to end up winning this week's dynamite tag team match to create some sort of rubber match continue the feud what I'm saying is we need to find a way that the feud may be escalated. And I think if you escalated it to a four-on-four, that that would be fun. And that would give uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue something. I think Willow has gotten over on her own just fine. Ruby Soho has gotten over just fine. I, I think you could run some sort of a... Some sort of a... Uh, uh, Street fight match with just them against uh, uh, Tay J, Tai Jai, Tai Jai. Oh my gosh, I sound like something's wrong with me. Uh, 
when I when I do that nonstop. You could you could run that, but I also feel like you, you might want to escalate it a little bit, and and I think that would be if it, if it was some sort of a four on four street fight, you could you could really escalate that, give everybody a chance to get their stuff in, give them enough time, you know, maybe make it a the greater part of a rampage episode. That's that's just where I'm thinking uh, on that. And then the ladies' night continues with Athena defeating Kiera Hogan in five minutes and fifty nine seconds. Kier, I believe it's Kiera. I always said I'm never sure how many syllables if it's Kiera or Kiera. Um, I but based on commentary saying Kiera a lot, I'm led to believe that that's correct. Uh, but I could be wrong, which is something that I'm not used to being. But in this particular instance, I am relying on Paul and uh, Daddy to give me the information. So, like, not usually wrong. Pretty good about being right. Wish I was wrong more often. But when you trust uh, Paul White and Daddy Magic, you can't ever be sure. Uh this was a good match, uh, something to watch, certainly, along with the Takeshita match. Really, uh, not a ton of skippable stuff on this on this episode. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, but it was... I don't get Kira Hogan right now. I don't understand what her... They keep... Uh, they keep alluding to, oh, she's moved on from from the baddies and she she's uh, going out on her own. She got fired. She got fired and we're just not we're just pretending like this is her going out on her own. Come on. Come on. Give her something that she is she a, a, a face now just because she got fired. She give her give her a chance to explain herself. I, I want to get a backstage interview with Kira. It doesn't even have to be good. It just has to be something that has some emotion that tells me something about where she's at right now, what she wants to be. She's kind of in no man's land. Uh, I thought she had a good match. I thought she, you know, Athena always has these these squashes, and, and Kira at least kept it uh, close for a while, and then allowed for some pretty brutal stuff from Athena. It, it worked out really well. I just, maybe, maybe it's just sort of a, um, they were just punting on it because they're in Texas still. This was the last show in Texas. I, maybe they thought Athena's going to get, as long as we're in Texas, uh, you cheered. So why don't we just punt on any sort of actual heel stuff Give her Kira Hogan a competent in-ring performer and just let them go at it. And then next week we'll develop more of Athena's heelishness and Kira's uh, babyface turn. I can't say for certain. But point being, they got, they got some good fightings out of this. And that's what's most important. I don't know what's next for Athena. Certainly, I can't imagine that there's another ROH pay-per-view coming up anytime soon. So she's going to have to do something in the meantime or 
sort of stay on the sidelines like Mercedes Martinez did, but even that was more injury based than anything else, I believe. Uh, Daddy Magic, I think, correctly said that uh, he said Athena was his favorite wrestler. And if you are somebody who watches Dark Elevation as your main thing, because we know Daddy Magic isn't hanging around back watching, watching tape. He's got too many other things to do. So he wa- the most of the wrestling he watches is probably the ones he's commentating on. And for that reason, I I think that he was correct in saying Athena is his favorite. Because if you'd been just watching Elevation for the past two months, Athena's been where it's at. And now it, it's time for her to get some sort of... I, I still say you could just run back her versus Mercedes Martinez and just see what what you get out of it I, you'll get something good I am, I have to believe but the point is do something with her do something with Kira Th- this would have been a, a lights out match if they were a little bit more properly motivated but I think it was a very good match and I think I agree in general that all matches do not have to have a storyline but I, I do believe that wrestlers do have to have some character, and the character was not clear. Drillistico with Jose L'Assistant. Is that is that or is it Jose L'Assistant? I can't remember now how, how they say it. Um, he defeats Blake Christian in three minutes and fifty nine seconds. I'm surprised this one didn't go longer. Um. Drillistico and Blake Christian. This wasn't my favorite match of of the night that I didn't see, but it's the type of thing that is good to put out on an elevation. Just let two guys who are high flyers go out there and just do some stuff, and sometimes you'll get an okay match. Sometimes you'll get a surprise gem. It's hard to say what you're going to get out of it. In this case, Blake Christian loses. Drillistico cheats. And um, I think I think this was a rematch from the ROH. I was Blake Christian who was teamed with AR Fox when they beat uh, him and uh, Drillistico and Roosh. I th- I think I think I'm not gonna say the name of the faction. That's my that's old Dirk's 2023 New Year's resolution is to get better at pronouncing that that name. That the 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 LFI the I in LFI I'm gonna get better at pronouncing it, and uh, that's that that so I'm not gonna try it because I'm this is the last one of of 2022, and of course I thank you very much for listening along with me this whole time. We've had a lot of fun together, and and uh, well it's not time to get to that right now anyway, but. The point being, this is something that I think is a quality type of match to put on elevation. And it was competitive. And, you know, Blake Christian needed needed to be... Somebody needed to cheat for Blake Christian to lose. Blake is kind of in no man's land right now as well. Because he lost his partner. Not for any sort of way that like anybody turned on him or anything. It's just that... Uh, AR Fox just won three hundred thousand dollars with Top Flight, 
So I'm sorry, Blake, but you got <laughs> he's got no reason to hang out with you unless you happen to have a hundred and one thousand dollars that you can that you can get in his, in his hands. Um, that was also that was fun that 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 top flight and AR Fox won that. It was not who I expected, um, but but it was fun. Uh, anyway, that that concludes what has been a good a good showing. We had two legitimately good matches in uh, Athena Kiera and Takeshita Kazarian. Uh, we had uh, Drillistico and Blake Christian, which was a pretty good match, and then we had the the fun, the uh, un- unbelievably fun Julia Hart moment. Uh, and and then we saw a little bit of more growth in the women's division, particularly women's tag teams. So I I think this is the type of thing that you that you want out of an episode of uh, Dark Elevation. So uh, please uh, stand by for some uh, announcements, and then we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Okay, and then we move on to dark number 176 in Orlando, Florida, Universal Studios, Taz and Excalibur. You know the deal here. We start off with Angelico and Serpentic- with Serpentico defeating Dante Casanova. Um, Good-looking good looking enhancement talent, Dante Casanova. Uh they talked about how he had a, probably had a weight advantage on Angelico, but Angelico is all lengthy and and does all of the the submission stuff, which I always thought made him kind of a strange choice to be a tag team because you don't. It's hard to do tag team submission stuff. It doesn't. It's possible. I'm not saying it's out of the question, but you you don't you don't find generally that that it. The, the constant tagging in and out works towards, like, establishing some sort of ground game. You, you in fact, oftentimes have to get off of the ground in order to tag your teammate in. So it's not—it's it, 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 not always a great thing. But the Spanish Announce Project does seem fun, so I'm willing to give it a chance for now. Uh, although I wasn't sure that Angelico— much wanted to give it a chance because uh, he didn't seem like he wanted to have those guys out there. But at the end, it seemed all fun. Once you once you get the W, none none, none of the other distractions matter. Um, so best of luck to Casanova Frankenstein. Maybe we'll see you around sometime. Moving on, the Workhorsemen, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake defeat the Hughes Bros, Terrell Hughes and Terrence Hughes. Uh, who I will always just think of as Devon's sons. They should, they should get the tables more often, or maybe one should get tables, and the other should be a reverend, and they're just they're just not in on the same page because they're just two different versions of their father. One of one is trying to put people through tables. One is trying to testify. That's that's how I would go with the Hughes brothers. But again, I I expect them to uh, be thinking about their careers more than the bit 
which is what I'm always thinking of. Uh, it's good to see the Workhorsemen get a win. I can't remember a time where we saw the Workhorsemen actually win a match. So good good on them uh, for getting a showing where they come out victorious. This was fun. This was It wasn't particularly long. I don't recall it being long. I don't have cage match length times right now. But I for I enjoyed it for what it was. I I like seeing the Hughes bros on on TV again. I like seeing the workhorsemen get some wins. So we had fun. That was fun. We have Fuego del Sol defeat Lucky Ali, who continues to not be all that lucky in reality. Uh, Fuego getting the the crowd hype telling them to chant Fuego during the match. Uh, Taz and Excalibur certainly ragged on him for that. Uh, you know, Fuego, uh, he, he got, he got the, the tornado DDT. He won the match. I love Fuego. He's, he's the patron saint of, of the, uh, dark and dark elevation. So he's, the more the more of him the better i think you have to have him at these dark tapings doing something i think i think he should still be trying to lean on his plucky underdog stuff though i don't i don't see how him going out and being like i know you're all going to chant my name is very fuego should be surprised every time his name is chanted he should be like oh me you really like me you the the thing that everybody thinks that sally field said uh, but but he didn't. But she didn't really say that. Fue, I would. I would say Fuego del Sol is like the Sally Field of of AEW. I'm gonna put that in the uh, description for this episode and not explain it at all. Uh, it's like what Fuego played. Fuego played uh, uh, Tom Hanks's mom in a movie. Fuego. Well, all right. Let's think of what would be the funniest way. If, if, if Fuego is Norma Ray would be unbelievably funny I, 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 this is where I get into it because I'm pretty sure that's Sally Field the flying nun I believe is also Fuego is a flying nun also great Fuego and Sally Field same person we got Matt Menard defeating Brock Anderson uh, seemed to be some heat between Taz and Matt Menard because Taz has been doing commentary for longer and he doesn't appreciate being thought of us on the same level as Matt Menard. Taz had said him and Excalibur could defeat Paul White and uh, and Matt Menard if it was a dark versus dark elevation tag team match. Two of those fellows are retired. Uh, I believe both cases is during because of back injuries. And in the other case, only one of those guys is only kind of retired. So I don't know about that one. Taz um, was very surprised that uh, Matt Menard looks big next to Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson, I, I thought that he would be a guy with some size, and he's not. So I don't know what else he had. I know Matt Menard had to sort of cheat to win, barely. He it, it, right in front of you, he took off that that turnbuckle uh, uh, cover turnbuckle pad and then you still walked right into it that hardly counts as cheating you could have just as easily made him hit it so 
But I don't know where this leaves Brock Anderson. I don't know. It seems like his dad is telling him to leave the nest. And uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Arn, but your son is going to be eaten by a cat. That's just where he is right now. And, uh, yeah, you, I, give him something. Let him fight Lee Johnson. He's got to be mad at him, right? Yeah, you, you, you don't like to see this for Brock Anderson, but I don't know what else you're going to do for him right now other than lose matches to Daddy Magic. The the fifth most uh, intimidating JAS member of the men, even. I think Brock Anderson could probably lose to Ty Conti. Evil Uno defeats Blake Lee. Blake Lee, we've seen him around. He's part of, uh, he's technically, I think, part of the factory, even though he's not, oh, he's like, you know, one of those bit players, like, you know, when Rob Schneider was on SNL and he would only appear in some season, you know, he was always sort of in the background and stuff. Um, so Bla- Blake Lee, technically somebody that we want to see. Another example of the this these two episodes having people of interest. Uh, Evil Uno wins. I, I don't know what happened that they were like, oh, let's give an Evil Uno singles match on this dark. The Dark Order as a whole, there's only three of them. Surely you can find a way, you could find two other people to go with Blake Lee. Maybe some of the other lesser known members of the factory. You know, Goofus McWhistle or, you know, Talent Stromboni or something. I don't know who else is in the factory, but surely they could find them. Red Velvet defeats Billy Starks. I was very excited to see Billy Starks make her AEW debut. And other than a few cool things, she mostly just got her ass handed to her by Red Velvet. Is that the correct way to use Billy Starks? I can't say for certain. Certain, she's gonna need some more time on the Indies. She's a baby. She's maybe eighteen. Uh, she, I don't see how they would want to sign her immediately without letting her get a little bit more time on the Indies before that. So maybe she should be brought in just to to lose non-competitive matches. Uh, but she did make Red Velvet look good. Red Velvet looked like a million bucks. I think this is our first Red Velvet singles match we've seen since her return. And I was impressed. I was hoping to see more out of Billy, but uh, you, if you can, you know, get, if you can bring stirring it up to, uh, a whole other level and, oh boy, it feels like, uh, like Red Velvet's got one of those, um, what is it like a hand mixer? It's not a hand mixer. It's one of the ones that you sit. You know what? Maybe she does have a hand mixer and an immersion. Oh, an immersion blender would be a great name for a finisher. Uh, Red velvet. All right. What other what other things can we give her as signature moves? Uh, spatula. No. Uh, 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 Stand mixer is the word I was looking for, but hand mixer is, is probably a better, uh, better one. Uh, uh, preheat the oven. 
that 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 could be like a, her thing like when she's getting ready for dessert just dessert if like if 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 Excalibur just yells out oh she's preheating the oven to 400 right now that that would be that would be good um we can we can think on this i think there's there's a a, a gold mine here of um of, of of options for how we can stir it up stir it up some more the iron savages defeat brandon bullock and jameson ryan hey listen boulder and bronson getting some wins i'm for it i i like those guys i don't they don't have their guy jt davidson i think that's the guy the iron manager i still don't like the name they got new gear. Uh, I don't know if I like it better than the Bear Country gear, but it certainly is more of a. Uh, oh, if at least it fits with them being Iron Savages, the 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 Wolf Iron Wolf face masks that they come out in those are all right. Um, so hopefully that I'm I'm gonna continue to not pass judgment on that because I do hope that it can become something in the future. Diamante defeats Mafiosa. Hey, she says, oh my God, that's the sauce. When she was beating up Diamante. I love Mafiosa. I wish she had a first name. Uh, what was her? Valentina? Va Valentina Rossi was her name before, who is apparently sounds a, a lot like somebody else. And so she had to change her name. Um, so Valentina Mafiosa, I think, would be better. Uh, Diamante, you know, a diamond stands alone. So you, you, she doesn't need a last name. But Mafiosa... You, mafia, mafiosas famously have families. You can't be a familyless Mafiosa. You, so give, give, her a, give her a family name. I, I, or, or make Mafiosa a family That would be... If you want to... If you want to be the top mafia family, that would be what you could do. Is they all? Oh, I'm in the mafia. Oh yeah, which family? The mafiosas. What? All of the others are gonna have to are gonna have to bend the knee, kiss the ring, because they're just trying to be what is in your name. So, Valentina mafiosa, I would go with. Uh, but good to see Diamante get some wins. Like I, I said, I had an idea earlier in this episode of how we can be building something for Diamante. Getting her some wins against somebody like Mafiosa, who who has been around for a bit. Hasn't won, but has been around. That could be a starting point. Um, and then our main event, AR Fox defeats Slim J. This was fun. Slim J is good. AR Fox is really good. Uh, I was very focused on somebody in the background uh, who was not paying very close attention to this match, and and it caused me to lo lose focus. But there was a woman in the in the background during this match, who, you know, she wasn't just there. She didn't just get stuck there. I think either the people on her left or right dragged her to this, and you know, you feel bad because then she was put right there in, to. She, if I look back through the whole match, I bet she, the whole show, she's probably there a lot, feeling that way. But 
I particularly noticed it. Uh, but she did give uh, AR Fox a golf clap for one of his uh, many uh, feats. And AR Fox, you know, it's working. The cargo shorts, the bandana. The bandana, we've closed the show with two bandana wrestlers between Diamante and AR Fox. I don't know if the bandana makes you better, but this very small sample size says uh, that more wrestlers need bandanas because you win when you got the bandana. And uh, that's so. That's it. So, yeah, Air Fox and Slim J are both athletic. They both did what was required, and they got this match to have some some oomph behind it. So anyway, I'm very excited for tonight's AEW uh, Dynamite, and I hope you will be too. And I hope uh, that both these shows and uh, my recap of them are helping you get in that mood. And, yeah, there, if you didn't check this out, I strongly recommend watching uh, this week's Elevation. I somewhat recommend watching uh, this week's uh, Dark. And uh, let's all make some resolutions to be better in the new year um, at watching wrestling. Let's, let's improve our eyes and our analytical capacities. And uh, until then, I'll, I'll see you uh, next year.